Live from Orlando, Florida, you're listening to the Orlando Magic HQ podcast, the voice of Magic fans. Join us every week for a unique fan perspective on all of the latest Magic news and updates. The show starts now. What's up, Magic fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Orlando Magic HQ podcast brought to you by the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. We host Al, myself, Anthony. Today is Friday, July 7th. And man, I, I, I feel like there's enough that has happened that we're going to just jump right into it. We have a lot to discuss, man. We got Summer League basketball that's that's right around the corner. It's happening tomorrow, which is a lot to be excited for. Um, NBA free agency, the Magic deciding to stand pat and really not do a whole lot of moves. And we'll, we'll talk more about that in just a few moments. But the big the big topic that I really want to start this episode off with is the major news coming from general manager John Hammond deciding to step down from his GM role and the Magic promoting Anthony Parker to be the new general manager. So, Al, talk to me. When you first heard the news, it was random. We didn't hear anything coming from anyone of any rumors. Nothing caught everyone by surprise. What are your thoughts on this move? Does this change your perspective of the Orlando Magic? And how do you feel moving forward um, for the future of this team with Anthony Parker now being the right-hand man to Jeff Altman? I mean, I think it came the most magic way possible, right? Nobody expected it. Nobody has heard anything about the possibility of John Hammond kind of stepping down from his uh, GM position. Um, it just came on a random day with Woj breaking the news. Um, but to answer your question, I think that it's it's an inter- interesting decision. I, I know it's been, we already know, it's been planned, the, this transition from John Hammond to, to Anthony Parker. Um but it's interesting because Jeff and John have been a, you know, a staple that they've been together since Toronto back to the Milwaukee days. Um, so it's going to be different for Jeff to all of a sudden not have him to, to his side as, as that, that person that helps him with the big decisions. Um, but with that being said, uh, Anthony Parker's a younger generation GM. He's a guy that has done, has put in the work as a scout, as a GM in the, in Lakeland. Now with the magic being being part of the uh, front office for a few years now, so it's exciting because it's a new wave coming in, and I think he's put in the work. He was a player. He's been in the front office. He's been a scout. I think he's again paid his dues. So I'm excited to see what he does. Um, but at the same time, it's a little concerning just because again for Jeff, it's a big change. I feel uh, from what he was used to to now having a new kind of person to run everything by. That will take some some getting used to, I believe. It, it caught me by surprise. You know, I was in the middle of work, and then I, I see the notification, and I was shocked, like almost frozen to a point just because it was so left field. Um, you know, we, we've always talked about Wellham, Wellham. That was kind of the nickname that was that was kind of given to the both of them. And, you know, for the most part, you know, no, no you know, front office team is perfect. I thought they've done a really great job together collectively. Um, now the, the way that, you know, Jeff Wellman has always kind of communicated things is that, you know, it's, it's a collective team effort. So once the news kind of settled down, you know, I kind of thought to myself, you know, John Hammond isn't going anywhere. He's still going to be a part of the discussions. He's still going to be a part of the room. Anthony Parker is someone that, you know, we've, we've heard frequently and, and seems to be a person that they've groomed or have been grooming to be in this role. Um, this is somebody that, 
you know, he became a scout for the Orlando Magic back in 2012 to 2017. Then he became the general manager of the Lakeland Magic um, and then transitioned into, you know, assistant general manager role back in 2021. So, you know, he's been working his way to this point to now getting the, the GM seat. And really, at the end of the day, you know, these final you know decisions, they're not going to be Anthony Parker's. You know, this is still going to be Jeff Waltman's ship to run. Like, it's still going to be his say-so at the end. Um, but you're taking the input from Anthony Parker. You're taking the input, you know, still from John Hammond. And, you know, I, I, in terms of the future, I'm not, I'm still, I still believe that, you know, the the plan that they've had in place, the structure that they have, they've had in place, although it may look a little different now, you know, they're still going to be able to, to, to really see this through. Um, but I'm, I'm curious to see his impact, man. Uh, I'm curious to see how that, that dynamic is going to look like, because I always felt like John and Jeff, man, they're, they're best, best boys. They're, they're the ones that, you know, everything was kind of a a level playing field. Um, but now you're really going to see like a sense of seniority of, you know, Waltman, uh, well, (laughs) well, man, to Jeff Waltman too. now, you know, Anthony Parker. Yeah, and that's that's what I'm thinking too. It'll take some getting used to, but again, I think if they made the decision, they feel confident that he can do the job, number one, Anthony Parker, that is. But number two, to your point, ultimately, all the big decisions will be made by Jeff. So he may want to pull a trade or he's having conversations. Jeff, what do you think? Do you want to pull the trigger on this? For agency, same thing. So Ultimately, that's the benefit of having a, a president of basketball operations is that you, you ultimately have to run everything by that person. The GM basically does the day-to-day. They do the grind work, I call it. But ultimately, Jeff is the one that says what we're doing here. So in that sense, we feel good. Um, nothing's changing there. But I'm excited, man. Like, like I said, I think it's a new wave, a younger version, and again, of somebody they've been grooming coming into the, the role that can be exciting too. He's already been a part of Lakeland as well now because now the Osceola magic. That's exciting because he knows that that path really well. What has worked with there well. Can they do a better job running those, those you know, that affiliation uh, better? Because honestly, we now have what? Three two-way contracts. Uh, when guys get hurt, how do we utilize that in a better way? Maybe he can help more than John uh, might have been able to. So some pros, some cons. Ultimately, I'm happy with, with the decision, and I think it's going to be exciting to see how it all plays out. Yep. The Magic are also promoting associate GM Pete Alessandro to executive vice president of basketball operations. Um, I read an article earlier today from the Sacramento Kings of them not saying a whole lot of great things about Pete. So you know, hopefully the, the future is, is bright for him as well. And then, you know, collectively, they, they make great decisions to move forward and continue to build this team. Um, I would have to say that we have to be like the leading organization in the NBA with the amount of Anthony's that we have running an organization or a part of the organization. You got Anthony Black, you got Cole Anthony, now you got Anthony Parker. It's got to be a good sign, right? I mean, you read my mind. I was going to say, I don't know what's going on, but all the Anthony's are going to Orlando, it seems like. <laughs> all at it's once. A good, too, it's cause... a good move, man. It's a good spot for Anthony. All right, Al, let's, let's talk about free agency. So we've heard a lot of different rumors leading up to free agency. One of the major ones that we heard 
uh, pretty fr- pretty frequently was Fred Van Vliet going to the Orlando Magic. That did not happen. Fred Van Vliet signed a crazy, ridiculous contract to Houston Rockets. Good luck to them. It's amazing. Uh, Max Struess also was another player that we saw pretty pretty frequently with the Magic. Grant Williams, um, and then Brooke Lopez ended up, you know, just you know, same same back in Milwaukee. Um, the Magic are running it back, man. Uh, when you when you look at the 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 magic and in terms of what decisions they could have made, um, you know they ended up bringing Gogo back, uh, which was kind of the start of of some of the magic decisions. Magic decided to guarantee the contracts of Markel Foles, Gary Harris for twenty three twenty four. Um, really important to know Markel Foles extension will be the next hot topic for us to discuss, um, but that won't happen until about September. Um, they we end up bringing Mo Wagner back to a two year deal, um, sixteen mil. So when when you when you think about these players that we've decided to bring back, um, what are, what are your thoughts on that? Because the the big thing to remember is that the Magic then also decided to extend the time frame uh, for Bobo to kind of give us a, an additional time span to figure out what we're gonna do with him, and then the Magic ended up you know, deciding to move forward without Bobo. Um, so before we get into that, bringing back Goga uh, in free agency, we we're talking a lot about, you know, trying to find a big man to to bring in for that, for that third, um, you know, our third street center. Is Goga the right fit? Are you happy with the fact that the Magic brought Gogo back? I mean, he's a young player. I think he did a great job last season towards the end of the season, um, earning his minutes, earning this, uh, player option being picked up, he put up some good numbers. He rebounded well. He played aggressively uh, in his minutes. Um, one could say he did everything that Imo Bamba wouldn't do, which that is box out, play hard, and grab rebounds, which is what we need. Um, and he also blocked some shots too. So I, I think I'm okay with him being a third string center. That's not an issue. Um, so up to that point, I'm good. Like I understand why they did it. Um, but to your point, uh, my question is they didn't really address shot blocking, rebounding well the ball. I don't think that's that's maybe an issue for us still, especially if Wendell gets hurt, which unfortunately over the years we've seen that Wendell cannot stay healthy. Hopefully that changes. We're hoping for that. But if he goes down right now, our big guys would be Mo Wagner and Goga Vitaze. Like how far can that get you? If you're really trying to be a playoff team come next season. So that's my only concern. If Wendell goes down, are our backups enough to get us where we want to be come April of next year? It's a it's a cheap decision. I like some I like the minutes that we saw with Goga when he was in. Um, you know, he <laughs> he surprised a lot of people with the way that he was able to score. Uh he's he was able to put an impact on the game right away. I'm not mad at it, man. If if you're really upset about a third string center, um, then you know, there's there's more things to to really worry about. So I'm not mad at it at all. I'm glad that we brought him back. He's still a young player that fits right with the team. And the little time that he had, you know, again, he was able to make impacts. Now a lot of people were having concerns um or were having issues with the fact that, you know, not necessarily that we brought back Mo Wagner, but they were upset with the amount of money that we brought back Mo Wagner on. This was by far the biggest contract that he has signed in his NBA uh, career at two years, 16 mil, um, eight mil a year. Did we overpay for Mo Wagner to bring him back? 
Uh, in a way, I think we did. Uh, I think for me, a good number would have been maybe five million, six million max. Um, but it felt to me like this offseason, the way that it played out, and we'll talk about some of the other decisions that we made. It was all about just, hey, let's let's give out some big contracts for one year. Let's maintain our flexibility. Let's maintain our, our roster building kind of mindset that we have. We don't know what we have. We're still kind of just trying to figure out what these young guys really are. So I think that's what led to that contract. It's like, hey, let's pay him well just because we have to use our cap space. They have to. The NBA now has a new rule where you have to spend, I think it's 90% of your allotted cap space. So they have to spend the money on someone. Um, they had a full roster as it was by the time that they signed him. So I think that was their way of saying, hey, thank you. You've been with us now three years. You've done a great job. By the way, you're Franz's brother. We want to take care of you. So I think that's kind of where that came from. Um, but at the end of the day, man, it is an overpay when you see what some of the other centers that went in free agency signed for. Um, for instance, I think Plumlee signed for $5 million. Um, There's a few others that like, don't come to mind right now that weren't as expensive as Mo Wagner ended up being. Um, but I like him. I like what he brings to the team, what he brings to the table for our roster. So I'm okay with us paying him. I think he's earned that as well. Yeah, he, he can fill minutes at the five, fill minutes at the four. You know, some people were even kind of, um, you know, describing this contract as as a Franz tax. Um, a part of me does believe that, you know, having Mo Wagner on this team allows for a, a unique development um, and growth to Franz's game in, in some capacity. Uh, it's my understanding that, you know, growing up because Mo was was playing professional basketball at a, at a very early age and then going off um, to play in the NBA a lot, a lot earlier um, when Franz, you know, in his youth, that they didn't get to spend a whole lot of time together, like towards the end, um, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18 uh, years old. So it's it's good to see that they're together. If it makes Franz happy, feels makes him feel more comfortable, and that somehow kind of translates into you know the game. Why not pay him the money? I'm cool with it. I'm not upset. Uh, the Orlando Magic, um, the the three years that uh, Mo Wagner has been with the Magic, I think the first year contract was at two hundred twenty one thousand. Then it transitioned into, I believe, a two year deal, one point seven. In 21-22, in 22-23 last season, and then the big contract now of you know 16 mil for two years, which we believe that second year is a team option. So I'm not upset at it. I'm okay with it. Um, and you know, I I, I believe that we're going to see a lot of a lot of the uh, the you know the fruits of it later on. Um, if that is in fact a second year team option. Um, then it allows for us to kind of look into next season on, you know, if we if we decide to waive him, cut him, that allows us to be able to have more money in our pockets to be able to spend elsewhere. So I'm okay with that. I'm not upset at it. The Magic did decide, breaking news, right, kind of last minute, but uh, Magic did decide to sign Joe Ingles to a two-year $22 million deal. So um, a lot of people also feeling like we overpaid for Joe Ingles. Um, what were your thoughts on the news of the Magic deciding to bring in a player who has struggled with his ACL injuries, a lot older in age? He's about 35 years old, but the Magic did address a need, which was uh, a vet shooter. What were your thoughts on Joe? So, I mean, uh, expected in a way. Uh, I think you posted on on Twitter after he went down, uh, what was it, six years ago? The Magic tried to actually sign him. It seemed like it was going to happen, and then 
ultimately he didn't come to Orlando. So obviously our front office are big fans of him. And by what we know of him, he is someone who is a, it's a hard worker. It's a great locker room vet. And one of those guys kind of like Mo Wagner who gets in the skin of the opponent. So I, I like all those things. He's a great shooter as well. I like that as well. The key is going to be for him to stay healthy. That's going to be the big, the big thing for him. Um, I'm having a tough time thinking, is he really going to play for the Magic, like an actual role coming off the bench next season? Or is he more of that like T. Ross, Gary Harris role where they're here more to kind of guide these young guys in the right direction? We're going to see what happens in that. But is it an overpay? Yes. When we first heard about him maybe coming to Orlando, somebody, I forget who the, the reporter was, said he might have been for a little bit more than the minimum. That was kind of what was said. I'm like, okay, I, I can dig that. Joe Ingles for maybe three, four, five million dollars. Cool. And then the actual number came out, $22 million. I'm like, wait, what? Um, I get it. Same thing as Mo Wagner. A bit of an overpay. I think it's a way for them to just secure him, get him to Orlando. And to your point, it is a second year, uh, second uh year so a team option. So we actually have the ability to cut him after the first year if we need that cap space to go after a big fish in free agency next offseason. Um, but this was the only move that we made. This was the only like really like free agency news worthy item for the magic. Um, after, you know, months and months of us waiting for this off season to see what we would do. Um, so felt like a bit of a letdown, but at the end of the day, it is a good acquisition. We can't deny that. I'm not mad with the fact that the Orlando magic went this route, not said at it whatsoever uh when you compare it to a team like the houston rockets i'm so confused with what with, with their direction what it is that they're doing with the young the young guys that they had if the magic went that direction you know i'd be a little confused as well so i'm I'm okay with the magic kind of staying pat uh, not doing too much bringing the players um that you know you feel like you would have won with and I think that that's the biggest thing. The Magic, if we didn't have that really big bump in the road early on in the season when we didn't have a point guard and we were kind of forcing Franz and Paolo to kind of hold the four down at the one, you know, we we wouldn't have been we wouldn't have been uh you know kind of scratching our way to barely make it in. We would have been inside the plane at the very least. Um, so I'm I'm okay with the Magic doing what they're doing now. Um, would I have liked to see more? Yes. What does more look like exactly? You know, Brooke Lopez decided to stay back with Milwaukee, who's someone that I wanted. He's not, you know, what we ended up getting with. Is there someone in free agency that you're upset that the Magic didn't go after? Um, because you I mean, look, look at you look like a you look at a player like Austin Reeves, which people wanted to look at. Right, he ended up staying with Lakers for a crazy cheap price. That was cheap. And the Lakers got super lucky with the contract that they got for Austin Reeves. I think it was like, what, 54, 55, something like that? 54 million, yeah. Yeah, so uh, there, there's not a player in free agency that can really sit here and say, um, you know, man, I can't, I can't believe the Magic missed out on, on this opportunity. You know, I think this, this, and I said this early on, the free agent, this free agency class, um, you know, I, I wasn't a fan of. Now, when you take a look at 2024, you're looking at players like Jalen Brown, Buddy Heald. Um, you have DeMontis Sabonis, Clay Thompson. Um, you you have a little bit more of a, a bigger pool to look at, right, in terms of, you know, unrestricted free, free agents. Like, if you're not a player in this free agency class, 
you know, you're you're going to have a good opportunity next season. But then you're also going to have the people that say it's always next season. And I feel you. I understand. I, I get the frustration. Um, but I think you go into the season um, running it back. You add a vet in, in Joe Ingles who, you know, you're you're right. The question is, is he really going to play? You know, the, the response to that is if he doesn't play, I'm sure he's going to be okay. Like the competitive uh, nature in him, I'm sure is is going to want to be out there. But my man's getting paid eleven mil to sit on the bench to be the vet for a young team. Then it it is it is what it is. There, I don't I don't think that you know we we convince him to come play for us to to be you know starter playing thirty thirty five minutes for us. Exactly. Now, from that list that you mentioned, two names that maybe actually one of them is already gone is Sabonis. He already signed an extension with, That's with right. Sacramento. That's right. You're right. And Jalen Brown should be next. Um, so honestly, yeah, man, I really, yeah, I, I really believe that in the NBA today, you're not going to acquire players in free agency anymore. That's that's the old way of doing things. I think the way that the Magic can become players is if they surprise people like they did last year. We surprised a lot of people by winning 35 games. If we can, 34 games, if we can come this year now and surprise people, maybe start the season, I don't know, 30 and 20, 30 and 24, and there's a disgruntled star out there, they might say, hey, I'm okay going to Orlando. And that's when maybe, hey, we pull a trade at the trade deadline. Or heck, we ended up winning 43 games. Again, we improved. People can see, hey, Paolo is a kid that averaged 24, 25. France averaged 20. They got something going in, in Orlando. We can now trade someone into the cap space that we're going to have next year. So I really believe a trade is the way to go. I really have a hard time believing that we're going to just simply go into the offseason and sign someone. That feels like it's the old way of doing business. Um, but I, I was thinking about like, hey, when was the last time we made like a big move in free agency? Since the new front office took over in 2017. So the first one was Jonathan Simmons in 2017, which, hey, he got us Markel Fultz, so thank you people, for that. People were excited about Simmons. Oh yeah, let's not act like we weren't. Like this, this was a, a, a up and comer in San Antonio. Obviously, didn't pan, pan out, but you're right. It transitioned into a deal that we were able to get uh, with Markel Fultz. Absolutely. So that was one. The next one was Alfaro Camino, and unfortunately, he got hurt. He never really got to play with the Magic. So, but hey. That got us, Wendell Carter, Franz, and now Jet Howard. So, hey, not bad there. And now Joe Ingles. But that has has been it. Those are the three free agents that we have signed outside of just re-signing our own guys. So with that being said, what does that tell you about our front office? Like, are you okay with that mindset of kind of just being so passive? Even when we had, you know, Vooch and AG that were, were a playoff team at the time. And our big move was Aminu. Like, that was all we did. Um, do you think we'll see our front office kind of speed it up a little bit in years to come? Or is this their MO where it's like, Hey, we're going to take it easy, a trade, maybe free agency, not so much. I think that when the time comes, these contracts are set up specifically for the trade market. When you look at Joe Ingles, two years, 22 million. And I think that Bobby Marks was the one that kind of highlighted it, said, this is an easy movable contract. You know, this is a contract that, you would put in to fill to make sure that that the money matches up. Twenty two million, second year team option. <clears throat> Same with Mo Wagner, two years, sixteen mil. Like now, you're starting to add money on your team that you're able to move later on. So, um, you know, I, I think that 
the front office, they're they're more likely, not saying that they're more likely to make trades and then sign players in free agency. Um, but I know it's been a little while. I think when the time comes, they'll be willing and able to make, you know, trade decisions because we already know we've gone to a point that we're gonna have to consolidate. It's just it's just part of, of the next spectrum in in our wheel. Um, there's going to be a disgruntled star. It's going to happen. Um, the question is who, when, what, where. You know, it's, okay. it's we have to wait for things to kind of happen. You know, I, I read, and I'm not saying that the Magic should um, go after him, but a lot of people wanted him when he was disgruntled in Utah and, and Donovan Mitchell. You know, they were they were saying that if Donovan, if the Donovan Mitchell you know project doesn't work out this year in Cleveland, they may look to move him. And I'm pretty sure that now when they move him, it's not it's not going to be for the same value that you know Utah got for him, right? So you never know what could happen, who might be available, who gets upset. Um, and what's important is what the Magic end up doing in the season. You know, you have a player like Damian Lillard that he wants to only play for the Miami Heat. That's the only team that he wants to play with. But it's because this Miami Heat team, what did they do all season long? They competed. They played well. And on the biggest stage in the NBA, they were able to show that they can at least get to the NBA Finals with like limited talent. So now you have a player like Damian Lillard saying, hey, I could be that missing piece. We need other players, big name players, to look at the Magic and say, "Man, they they could be, they can take it up an extra notch if I could play there. If I play there, they they'll be even better, right?" And the only way that we're able to really showcase that is obviously winning basketball games and then getting into the postseason. Man, that's that's where it's at. That's the the your number one marketing tool tool is making it into the playoffs. That's what it is. And I think that's what the front office is, is kind of counting on. Hey, Paolo, pick it up a little bit more than last season. Have a, you know, a, a better year than last year. Franz, same thing. Markel, healthy for now, a year and a half heading into this new season. Hey, I, I'm going to say it. I know I'm not counting on him whatsoever. But hey, J.I. should be now, July 6th, getting back into basketball activities. His seven weeks or, or whatever it was. It's now up. He should be playing basketball, getting ready for the next season, which got me thinking. Let me let me completely go off topic here. Do you think in a, in a crazy, bizarre world, there is a scenario where that's the mindset? He is our backup five, J.I.? Like, he's, he's tall enough. He can defend well. Maybe the power four position is too much, moving so much. He's just going to keep getting hurt. Being a center might not be a bad move for, the, for J.I. in his career. Now, he needs to keep on building his body. But do you think there's a possibility that that was the mindset why we didn't get af- go after a, a shot-blocking center to back up Wendell? Because, hey, we do have J.I. Or, heck, Paolo can go to the five. J.I. can go to the four if needed. Um, I know we're not counting on him. We've said it many times in this podcast. But the fact that he is healthy or should be by now, he has three months to get ready for training camp, gives me a little bit of hope. I mean, like, really, what's the difference in him playing the four or the five? You know, it's it's our five still stretch out to behind the three point line. Yeah, you might you might be doing more, you know, action moves, setting screens, pick and rolls. Like, you might be doing more of that, but 
really what's the difference for for Jonathan Isaac? You know, I think that Jonathan Isaac plays a a specific style of basketball that um he only knows how to play basketball one way. And I and I think that it's it's unfortunately a way where it's it's risky and he puts himself in a position to get to get hurt again. You know, he's aggressive on the on the defensive end. He's he's gonna drive to the basket. Um you know, hopefully we see less and less of those Euro moves because he did it. I want to say that he did it one time in, in Lakeland and almost, you know, flipped my chair. But, um, <laughs> you know, he, he just plays a way where, you know, he's he's going to play his bat. He's going to play his game. I'm at the point where I've accepted and I don't want to get off topic and, and kind of jump on, you know, the Jonathan Isaac train. But I'm at the point where I don't I don't want you to try to protect yourself. Uh, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Like, don't change your game. Go out there, play your game, have trust in your body. Um, because the more you think about getting injured, you're putting that in the air, and that kind of tends to be what kind of happens. Go out there, play your play your game, play basketball. Um, and listen, if if it, it turns out to be another big injury, then you know it's 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 what it is at that point. You know, I, I think that everyone has already swallowed that pill. Um, and has already accepted the fact that whatever Jonathan Isaac brings, we're not relying on Jonathan Isaac to lead, you know, the ship. We're relying on Jonathan Isaac to come in, be impactful, and if he gives us more, is a bonus. If he doesn't, man, we're we're relying on on you know players like Paulo and and Franz and Markel and Jalen Suggs to kind of lead us to where where it is that we need to be. Yeah, I just brought it up because, again, I found it kind of odd that we didn't make any kind of moves to correct our center position weakness off the bench. So I'm like, hey, that could be something they might be thinking of. But let's get back on track here. I know we don't want to go into the J.I. Uh, hole. <laughs> yeah, but but just kind of touch base on that. You know, also, it's it's what makes the team so powerful. It's what makes us strong is, is the fact that there's there's versatility. You know, you're not mm-hmm. going to put Jonathan Isaac in, in a five box. Because he can play the four, he can play the three. You're not going to put Franz Wagner in in the three box. Because if you really wanted to, he's big enough to where he could play four. We've pushed him all the way over to the one position. So you know, it's 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 what makes us so so savvy. It's uh, it's up to Coach Most to kind of figure that out and and kind of play with whatever it is that the season gives us. You know, it's 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 almost impossible that we're going to have a whole entire season of of healthy players. This is not going to happen. It's not the way that the NBA is, you know? So I don't know, man, we'll, we'll see what happens. But the, the good thing is, is that, you know, if anything does happen, we, we got next man up, um, you know, mentality with, with the players that we have that can fill so many different roles. Now with the magic deciding to not guarantee bubbles contract for 2023, 2024. So he's no longer on the Orlando magic. The magic decided to waive him. Was this the right decision? Did the Magic give up too early on Bobo after what we saw this past season? Um, or, you know, did you wish that we brought him back? What do you think? So this one was a, a bit of a uh, a tough one, right? Because Bobo, one thing for sure is he made the fans in the arena go wild. He brought excitement to the team. He brought excitement to the games when we were watching. Um, and he had moments. And mind you, this was really his first real season where he actually stayed healthy the whole season. So I don't want to call him a rookie, but it was his first actual season proving that he can stay healthy in the NBA. 
But with that being said, man, there were moments that he looked completely lost out there. Like we've talked about Mo Bamba having a low basketball IQ. Ball Ball had moments where he just disappeared, uh, especially on the defensive end. Like he was just nowhere to be found. Um, and when you're trying to compete and, and take this team to the next level, that can be accepted. Like you have to make a decision as a coach, as, as, as a GM, say, hey, that cannot be tolerated anymore. So I think that's where this decision was made. If we're trying to win, we can no longer accept that. But I will say, we will see plenty more Bobo highlights next season, wherever he lands, because this kid can play. He has moments where he can be a great player when he is locked in and focused. He needs to go to a team that it's going to give him minutes, like the Magic did. Uh, so he can't go to like a Phoenix. He can't go to like a Lakers. He's got to go to a team, I don't even know, who's a team that's tanking right now? Like San Antonio, maybe? I know they got Wemby already, but... A team that has minutes for him to go in and continue to learn and play the game. He needs to do that. Um, but I will say, I wish we would have kept him one more year and just give him a chance of, hey, let me see what you can do on your second year with us. Um, I know we ran, ran out of roster space. We had no roster spaces available for him. But, man, I, I don't think we'll ever regret this decision. But it was fun to watch him play. So for that reason, I would have liked to see what he could have done next year with us. I think the Magic deciding not to bring him back. Um, I, I so I would have I would have been okay bringing him back. Like it would have been cool, right? But when I heard the news, it's like, oh man, damn, that's tough. Yeah, ah, it wasn't well, shocking. Let me, let me go about my day. Like it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't devastating news. You know, um, I, I enjoyed watching Bobo some of the time. Some of the times was extremely frustrating uh, for everyone else. Um, but at, at the same time, man, the Magic deciding not to bring him back to me was a big indicator that they're ready. They're ready to win now. You know, they don't have time for the little mistakes. They don't have time to to develop him, extra develop him in, in certain ways that maybe they felt like they needed to. You know, so part of it might have been to benefit Bobo. But I think that that was a, a great indicator that you know now it's is 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 goal time. It's it's winning time, and we we can't we can't do the the little the little mistakes. And who knows how he is in in practice? Who knows how he is in in different aspects? Um, but whatever it is, it, the Magic decided to go a different direction. I'm okay with it. I don't think there's there's one like I've 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 been reading comments of people saying, "Man, what are the Magic doing? They're crazy. They're they're missing out." Like, relax, man. It's it's not. Is not that is not that serious. Like it was cool. Like the the bowler coaster was was fun to watch. <laughs> like he had moments as like, whoa, crazy, jump out of your seat. Um, but no, that's it. That's it. The reality the experience is experience is over. The reality is he's not really a winning player. Right now he is not. He may eventually become one, but right now, ball ball is not gonna be on the court to help you win games. And we saw the plenty last year, even when we had great games. He wasn't closing out those games. So he did great in the second quarter, the third quarter, and then he wouldn't play in the fourth quarter because he couldn't be trusted. So um, even actually um, Anthony Parker today had an interview uh, here in local radio in Orlando, and he did say that, that the decision came down to them not having the minutes to allocate to him and basically saying we wanted him to go somewhere where he can continue to play and develop his game. So it kind of felt like the Terrence Ross decision, the RJ Hampton decision, the Mobamba decision, where they tried to trade him. And there were rumors saying that they tried to trade him at the trade, uh, the uh, NBA draft. 
and I guess Phoenix, and I forgot who else was interested in him, but ultimately they didn't pull the trigger. And at the end of the day, well, what we're going to get for him? A second round pick? Like we don't, we don't use those. So at the end of the day, they said, Hey, we'll, we'll let, we'll let you walk. You pick your next, your next team. We're doing you a favor in a way. We keep doing that, which unfortunately is giving up assets for nothing. But at the end of the day, I, I keep saying it to myself, one day it'll pay off. One of these agents will, will say thank you to us one day uh, for doing all these favors because man, it, it makes no sense sometimes. Yeah. So now kind of looking ahead, summer league. Our first game, Magic Basketball, is kind of back. Summer League Basketball. Uh, tomorrow, 5.30 p.m. against the Detroit Pistons on ESPN, followed by a game on Monday, 8.30 against Indiana, Wednesday, 8 p.m. versus New York, and then Thursday, 9 p.m. versus Portland. When it comes to Summer League, um, what are you hoping to see from Anthony Black and Jay Howard? I mean, they got to show me something, right? Six pick in the draft, 11 pick in the draft. I, I got to see some of that potential that drew the Magic front office to pick them instead of some of the other guys that we kind of wanted them to pick, whether it was Kent Whitmore, it was Grady Dick, whoever. We want to see what made them choose them. And maybe not game one. I know game one, the jitters are high. But by game two, which I don't think they'll play more than two games, I got to see Howard hit three three-pointers at least in, in one game. I got to see Anthony Black show me that fast break ability, get to the hoop and and find the open teammates. Uh, kind of like how Paolo did last year. Remember those crazy passes he was doing in Summer League? I want to see some of that from Anthony Black as well because he's known for that. He's a playmaker. Um, and crazy enough, I would like to see Anthony Black play the three or the two, not be the point guard because we keep hearing that he may be utilized in a backup shooting guard, backup small forward position next season, not necessarily a point guard. Um, so let's see some of that too and see how he fares. Um, but that that's what I'm looking for. Just kind of some of the things that drew our front office to draft these guys. Let's see if they can put it out to display to us uh, in summer league. Yeah. So I, I want to see, I want to see them address some of their weaknesses. Like with Paulo last year in the summer league, we wanted him to play defense. We wanted to see him kind of show that aspect of his game. We wanted him to shoot the three ball. Um, for me, Jay Howard, we know that he's a shooter. We know that he's able to bring that. Yeah, what I like for him to go out there and shoot five, six, seven um, shots from behind the line and and you know see the ball go through the hoop. Absolutely, but I want to see what he does on defense. You know, we talked about the reason they, they were saying that the reason that, you know, he didn't look good on defense last year was because of his injuries, but now he's healthy. I want to see, I want to see him play good defense. I want to see that. I want to see him debuff like that, that myth about that he's unable to play defense and he's a liability on the defensive end. And then when Anthony Black, I want to see him shoot the three ball. I want, I want to see him be confident enough to be able to get his own shot off. Um, and, and see the ball go through the hoop. So for me, those are the two things I'm really looking at for the two of them. Um, Anthony Black, we know that he's a big guard. We know that he, he has a, a toughness about him. We know that he's going to be able to bully some of the, the younger guards. Um, so yeah, sure. We expect those things, but really I want to see them work on their weaknesses. I want to see if, um, you know, the, the viral video of, of him taking some of the, the shots that he was taking with, you know, Steph Curry's, you know, trainer, you know, if, if he's able to put that into action, does it translate into um, an actual game? I think that to me, that's the part that's exciting about summer league because it allows these players to be able to work on certain aspects of their game as you prepare for the NBA. 
um, you know, with RJ Hampton, he got a lot of flack um, for how he played in the, in the summer league. Right. But, you know, he went to the summer league to work on being more of a ball handler um, to, to work on, you know, being, being that type of guard where we know that that's not really his game. We don't that he's not a point guard. Um, so I don't know. I, I think that for me, that's, that's really, really what I want to see. And I'm looking forward to see, you know, those aspects of, of their game. Yeah. Another question for you is between Jed Howard and Caleb Houston. So you think about those two guards or guards forwards that will be playing in summer league. Who are you more interested to watching out of those two guys? Because I know that Caleb Houston gave us a lot of hope last season, shot the ball well at times, uh, hustled really well. So kind of a complete player to some degree, um, shocked us all being a second round pick. So out of those two, Jed Howard, Caleb Houston, who do you think, uh, who are you looking to see? more, I guess, growth or just overall, um, what do, what do I want to say here? Just growth overall. Who, who are you most interested to in watching out of those two guys? Yeah. So Jay Howard is, is definitely the, the shiny new toy, right? Um, but for me, Caleb Houston, this is your second season. You should be more comfortable. You should, you should be more confident. Um, I want him to, I want him to look that way. Like I want him to go out there and, and show out. You know, you you have a player like Jet Howard that is is similar in a lot of ways. Um, I want Caleb to to be confident enough to where he says, "You're not taking nothing from me. I want to show you that I, I've been here longer. Um, I'm already somewhat established, and I want to show you what you know how I've been able to grow." So, I think for me right now, um, yeah, I'm excited to see what Caleb's able to do. Yeah, especially shooting the ball. I'm excited to see, again, Anthony Black running the point and having both Caleb and Jet as his wings, hopefully getting him open open uh, three-point attempts for the two of them. <clears throat> again, we know as a team we've needed shooting. It's good to, to kind of see what that may look like if those guys off the bench can give us some of that next season. Yep, and uh, another popular name that we see on our roster is, you know, Philippines K- Kai Soto. So talk to me. Uh, because there's there's definitely a lot of talk about him. Uh, we get so many DMs and messages telling us that man, this is this is someone that's going to be up and coming. You guys should talk about him more. So we decided to do that, and we got a very very good reaction from um, his fan base. He comes with his own fan base, which is which is awesome. He comes with um, you know some some popularity in those regards. Be honest with me. Do you see him making? Uh, a two-way roster. The Magic have two two-way spots. Do you see him honestly making one of those spots? I. It's going to depend on the on summer league, right? It's going to depend on how he looks in summer league. Um, but interestingly enough, uh, someone reported uh, over the past week that he had interest from Golden State. I want to say the Lakers and some other teams, and he actually showed chose Orlando because it was a better situation. What does that mean? The front office kind of say, hey, if you look decent in summer league, we want to bring you back and, and give you a chance in training camp. Don't forget also, we actually worked him out last year when he tried to enter the draft. He came to Orlando and worked out for us. So we knew him. We knew who he is. We knew who, what he's all about. Um, so obviously we like him because now he is with us here going to summer league, potentially into training camp. Um, if he looks somewhat decent, I, I think it's very a very high likelihood that we see him in training camp. And from there, who knows what may happen? He may be a two-way, 
definitely he won't be on the roster. We know that for sure. That's a, it's a regular contract. But a two-way player, I can see it, especially now that we don't have ball ball. We know how much our front office likes this lengthy guys. Um, he is 7'3". He can put it on the floor a little bit. He can shoot mid-range. He can block shots a little bit. So he's got some of those traits that we like. If he can, again, hold his own in summer league, I can definitely see him uh, making it to at least training camp with us. Yeah, I think that, you know, people are definitely going to have their eyes on him. I want to see him do well just because, you know, there's so many people that are rooting for him. There's opportunity. And I think that that's all you can really ask for. There's two two-way spots. Um, and let's say something happens and he, and he doesn't make it. You know, the, we've seen, you know, the Orlando Magic take players out um, from their summer league and, and, you know, invite them to come to, you know, our, our G League affiliated team. So, you know, if there's not an opportunity with the two-way, you know, we'll, we'll, there'll be an opportunity in, in you know, the Osceola Magic and who knows what happens later on. So excited to see what happens, man. I think it's an awesome story. Um, and I think that, you know, people are really going to be keeping an eye on how he performs because how he performs and how he shows up will dictate what happens next. The The future is in his hands and it's up to him to be able to do something about it. And I think that, you know, he has the physical attributes that are, you know, not something that you're able to teach. Um, and then from there, implement the game, show your impact and see what happens. It's a lot to be excited about, man. You got, you got Kai Soto, you got the young kids, you got, you know, Kevon Harris, um, you got, you know, D is it DJ Wilson? I believe it's DJ Wilson. There's a lot of people yeah. talking about him as well. So um, I think the summer league um, is going to be fun in different aspects. I think last year was kind of cool because, you know, you had Paulo, um, but then you had, you know, RJ Hampton wanted to to be a part of it, you know, as well. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's different dynamics, but, you know, it's it's summer league, man. We we don't have any basketball for a long period of time. So the fact that we at least, you know, get these four games, it, it allows us to to be able to wet our beaks a little bit. Yeah, at least for the next week or so. So we got a game tonight, uh, tomorrow, yeah, Saturday. Um, so I, I mean, at least for the next week, we get to watch some of these guys. I hope, man. I hope that we just play our guys more than two games. It's kind of disappointing when you get to them. What is it, Wednesday game, and a bunch of guys that you're never going to see play for the Magic are playing. So at least I'm hoping that's the case, that at least they make it to that Wednesday game. Um, and back to the two-way real quick, and not to throw us off, can we call De Devin Kennedy and say, hey, man, thank you for everything. Come back. We got a two-way for you. I wouldn't mind that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I don't. I don't. I think he would mind it. Yeah, I, I mean, I think he's close that chapter. I don't think he would mind a two-way. I think he would mind if he's sent to Lake to Osceola and play for the for the – G League team, but if he's on a two-way, you know, he gets to travel with the team and be somewhat closer to the NBA. I don't know. Yeah, go ahead. Make, make the call. Send it in. Hey, man. I, I, you know, like shooters. You know, we need shooters. So what's one more in the two-way spot? Nah, people would be hurt. excited for that. I would be excited for it. Yeah. He'd be excited. He would definitely be excited. I wouldn't mind K Soto and, and then you have Devin Kennedy and... I mean, uh, true. Truthfully, Harris. now now that you say that, I mean, Anthony Parker, now the general manager, they won a championship together for the Osceola Magic. You never know, man. You never know. It's all about. I wouldn't mind it one bit. Yeah, I wouldn't mind it cool. one bit. He's he's playing right, well for the Lakers team. Uh, I was gonna say he's playing for the Lakers G League team, so he's not on yep. two way. He, it'll be a promotion for him. Yeah, good point. 
Good point. NBA Summer League action starting Saturday, and then after that is absolutely nothing until a training <laughs> camp. Um, until that opens up in late September. So take advantage of these last four games. Um, it's going to be fun. We have a lot of content coming out. Um, Bryce and Stanley, they'll be doing some, uh, live reactions to the game with, uh, with playback. So make sure you look, um, out for the links for that. Um, we'll be doing the Twitter spaces for post games as well. Um, and we got Brett James, our guy BJ, I'm uh, going to be doing some YouTube uh, recaps of those games. So make sure you definitely check out our YouTube, our social media, and look out for those informations of when that releases. We just released a schedule today that has all that information on there as well. But, man, a lot of things to be excited for tomorrow, 5.30 p.m. We'll catch you guys next week. For all the latest magic news and updates, visit OrlandoMagicHQ.com and follow us on Instagram at OrlandoMagicHQ and on Twitter at OMagicHQ. Also, remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel and subscribe and leave a five-star review on your favorite listening platform.